Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and... Go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. 10 linebackers and NFL history have 20 or more career interceptions, 10 or more fumble recoveries, and 7 or more more Pro Bowl selections. Eight of those 10 linebackers are on the NFL 100 list. Nine of the 10 were inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame within two years of eligibility. Adam, who is the one who isn't enshrined? Well... Because we are Bronco fans and we know our history, and because it's the easiest question ever, it's Randy Gratishar. Maybe the greatest defensive player in the history of the franchise. Uh, People might argue about some other people being better. I don't think so, at least not at this point. Uh, But certainly the biggest Hall of Fame snub that that I can think of in my lifetime. The, The things that you hear about Randy Gratishar from guys like the old man who can can tell some stories, uh, former players. You you bring up Merlin Olson all the time, and I, I really hope you will mention the quote from Merlin Olson when you get a chance here. Uh, but just people who know the game have said consistently that he is one of the greatest linebackers to play the game, and 
those stats that you just read certainly point to Randy Gratishar being someone who is a huge Hall of Fame snub and should definitely be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, the reason we're talking about this, and I think it's probably important that we mention it, is that Randy Gratishar is one of the finalists for the how do, how do I phrase this Ian what are we calling it the centennial the centennial class there of we go centennial, yes the centennial oh, class of 2020 and it will be it will be announced probably about the same time that this podcast uh is is posted to the site which means that either you and I are going to be smiling and very happy or shaking our head and angrily waving our fists in the air uh and actually probably more of the resigned like yeah this is this is pretty typical for broncos country at least that's probably where i'll be at so there's a lot of confusion in terms of how this centennial class is being announced and how it's being separated so there's five modern era nominees those are there will be five modern era inductees into the hall of fame steve atwater and John Lynch are in that group of people. They are both finalists. They're they're of the 15 finalists for the modern era Hall of Fame induction. That is decided on the day before the Super Bowl in Miami. So David Baker will then go around and knock on the door. And I, I really do feel like Steve Atwater is going to get that knock on the door from David Baker, the president of the Hall of Fame. And if you watched Divisional Weekend, you saw him in New York in the CBS studios uh, telling Bill Cower that he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame and then flying across the country and in the Fox studios to let Jimmy Johnson know that he was being inducted into the Hall of Fame. So those are the two coaches. There are going to be three contributors and then 10 seniors. So that, that, that adds up to 20. So you have 10, 3, 2, and 5. So 20 total, 15 seniors, contributors, and coaches. And Randy Gratishar will be one, I feel like, just as I do with Steve Atwater, Randy Gratishar will be one of the 10 seniors chosen for induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And you mentioned that quote from Merlin Olson, the Hall of Fame defensive lineman, broadcaster, I, I thought one of the best broadcasting pairs in TV history when he was with Dick Enberg. That's right. If you ask me to name the five best linebackers I played against or had a chance to cover in my broadcasting career, Randy Gratishar would be on that list. He was the kind of player that I would have loved to have as a teammate. There is no question about credentials here. Randy Gratishar belongs in the Hall of Fame. If that wasn't enough, Hall of Fame receiver Steve Largent. Randy Gratishar absolutely should be in the Hall of Fame. Frankly, I'm surprised he is not in already. His play was characterized by intensity and intelligence. No one played harder or smarter than Randy. He had the proverbial nose for the football. His size, speed, intelligence, and work habits separated him from the other players at his position and on short yardage. His ability to anticipate the hole and beat the ball carrier to it where beat the carry beat the ball carrier to it were the best in football. And I'll finish with this. Jim Sakamano told me two years ago when I was out at training camp doing a story on Randy Gratishar. 
he said this to me. Woody Hayes said he was the best football player he ever coached. And at one point, for a 10-year period, I don't know if this is still the case, the football encyclopedia had the 250 best players to ever play the game, and Randy Gratishar was perennially listed as one of the 250 best players to ever play the game. I have no question about it. No doubt about it, Sakamano said. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fairly obvious to people who are uh, Bronco fans for a long, long time, uh, people who are fans of the history of the game. Uh, the stat that comes up with Randy Gratishar all the time is is the number of tackles that he had. Um, and you get, you can get into some of the, uh, the, the back and forth there with, uh, um, you know, where the, are, was it the coaches that, that did the stats and whatnot? Uh, even if they're coach inflated stats, the stats on his, on just the number of tackles that he had in a 10 year career, it's listed as at over 2000 tackles. That's 200 tackles, more than 200 tackles a season. And if you take away the coach inflated stats, if you want to do it that way, it's still probably around 150 tackles a season, which means that Randy Gratishar was the type of player that was always around the ball, that was always making an impact, that was an incredibly important player on one of the best defenses that the history of the NFL has ever seen. So the Orange Crush without Randy Gratishar, and we've talked about the Orange Crush before, and, and you've mentioned Lyle Alzado being, uh, you know, sort of the, to steal a phrase from Reggie Jackson, the straw that stirs the drink. But the, the player that made that Orange Crush defense run was Randy Gratishar. He was, the, he was the field general for that defense. And it was a defense that doesn't get enough recognition. And, and I go back to sort of the, the sort of, head-scratching moment that I see when you tell people that Champ Bailey is the first defensive player from the Denver Broncos to make the Hall of Fame, and and people who know football go, wait, is that can that be true? Well, it can be true, and it is true, and part of the reason that it's true is that Randy Gratishar, for the last uh, 20 years, has been, uh, it's, I think it's more than that now, it's probably 25 years, uh, has been a Hall of Fame snub, and that is has been a, a, a disappointment for us. And the hope the hope for us now as fans of, of Randy Gratishar and, and what he means to the Denver Broncos is that we will uh, arise in the morning on January 15th, 2020, to a world where this is an issue that has been fixed, right? This is this is a problem that can be rectified. All it needs that needs to happen here is that Randy Gratishar needs to be named to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and, and I hope you're right. I hope he will be. He, he clearly is one of the greatest linebackers in the history of the game. If you're listening to this right now and you have the ability to turn on your TV and you have NFL Network, turn it on because it's going to be announced on Good Morning Football. And I, I really do feel like the name Randy Gratishar is, is going to be announced. And I, I will be up. I will be, I will be sure that I am right there when it's announced to – to actually take it in because it should have happened as Mace pointed out on his tweet a long time ago, because as he said, nine of the 10 with similar stats to Randy Gratishar were inducted within two years of their eligibility. And as you said, Gratishar has waited over a quarter century been a long time coming it's been a long time coming all right 
Uh, that being said, we probably ought to talk about current football news. And uh, so we're going to we're going to shift gears here and and head over to the news that was sort of announced and then uh, was not quite official and now is officially official. Pat Shermer was officially named as the offensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. And I, I find it interesting. And, and Ian, I didn't bring this up before we started recording because we got off on some tangents about you know, potential players in the draft and free agency and, and then some baseball talk, which we'll probably avoid here. But I find it interesting just how dividing uh, or divisive this hire has been in Broncos country. I find it fascinating that so many people, and Mile High Report is no different. Uh, the staff writers at, at MHR uh, are all, I think, very divided in how they feel about the move that was made by John Elway and Vic Fangio to – uh, release or fire Rich Scangarello and go in a different direction and, and hire Pat Shermer. And it, it's one of those things where these are the kinds of things we talked about it uh, after it happened. Uh, we liked the decisiveness of it, but I, I'm curious your take on just how uh, a move like this can be something that sort of separates people or you know divides people on one side or the other with the hire. I think the what people get caught up on is the word that's been thrown around. It's the word word of the week in Broncos country is continuity. They want it because they haven't had it. So if you get a chance to have it, even if it's not going to produce anything, you have that in your mind as, well, we need it. Or in some people's instances, they get caught up on some of the, the technical stuff like design like he Scangarello designed great plays, even though they weren't executed at all. I go back to this as one of the major reasons that Vic Fangio made this move to fire Rich Scangarello and hire Pat Shermer. When you look at 2018 to 2019, the Denver Broncos were worse in 14 of 18 statistical categories. And they were 28th in scoring. And to highlight that, the Broncos made official, as you said, that the the hiring Shermer as the offensive coordinator. And I'm going to read a quote that the Broncos sent out on their Twitter feed from Vic Fangio on his decision to name Pat Shermer the offensive coordinator. Pat is an established play caller with significant experience leading an offense as both a coordinator and head coach. Having coached against Pat for a number of years, he's always impressed me. His track record of developing younger players is outstanding. Pat brings a collaborative approach to working with the staff as well as the flexibility to adjust the offense to our players and opponents. We're excited to add someone of his caliber to our coaching staff. There is a key line in Vic Fangio's statement that I think is the reason this move was made. And we've heard... As Cecil Lammy from 104 The Three has mentioned on Twitter and then even on our podcast with him, Lassie Barks. There is a Lassie Bark in there, and it's this. Pat brings a collaborative approach to working with the staff as well as a flexibility to adjust the offense to our players and opponents. There's a reason he said that, and that's because it's been reported that neither of those things were happening 
with Vic Fangio and Rich Scangarello or Rich Scangarello and the other coaches and players. So I think that's why the move was made. And as we said on the podcast, the the post-game recap that we used to recap the divisional weekend is when you can get con- continuity – You want it to actually produce something. You want it to be beneficial. The sake of continuity for continuity is worthless. So if you have all this other stuff in play where the offense is worse than it was a season ago, there is butting of heads between the head coach and his offensive coordinator. There's a butting of heads between the coach and the players. You have to make the move. If you know you need to make the move, there's no point in delaying it. Make it and and move on with it. And I still like the move. Whether or not it's beneficial and it will pay off, time will tell. But I like the idea of Vic Fangio getting his guy and making the move to make it happen. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good way to put it. I, I'm going to um, try and say what you said in a, in a more succinct way, and I'm going to steal from somebody uh, the, the quote from, from Einstein uh, I think it's from Einstein. Maybe I'm wrong. Somebody can look that up for me. Uh, continuing to do, and I'll summarize it because I'll get it wrong if I don't or paraphrase it. Uh, continuing to do the same thing and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. So uh, this idea that, uh, you know, it's it, this doesn't to me seem like change for change's sake, right? The, one of those things that uh, we talk about when we talk about changes is, is change necessary? Is it important? Or are you just changing because you want to change? And I don't think that's the case here. I think this is about not wanting to continue on the same path because nothing was changing. Nothing was getting better. It was actually going backwards a little bit, as you said. And so rather than continue to do the same thing and expect different results, Vic Fangio saw an opportunity to go and get a guy who he seems to have some faith in, looks like he uh, is, is going to be willing to, like you said, be collaborative with the rest of the coaching staff and make adjustments as necessary and that to me is is fine I, I think at the end of all of this sort of falderah over whether or not it was a good move or a bad move it'll play out on the field uh, but it, it just was fascinating to me to see on Twitter the, the the two very opposing viewpoints of whether or not this was a good move and the idea of of continuity the idea of keeping things the same so that the quarterback can develop and the offense can grow. And I I get all that. I I think that that is something that, and John Elway talked about that. You can find all the quotes from John Elway from just 11 months ago about consistency and continuity and keeping things the same. And then all of that is wonderful, but consistency and continuity and keeping things the same, just because you're afraid of change or just because, just because that's what you think you should do doesn't always work out. Am, am I saying that this Pat Shermer hire is going to be the right hire and is going to make sure it make everything work out? No, but I can understand why a head coach like Vic Fangio would want to make a move like this. I, I think Vic Fangio knows what he has in his defense and doesn't want to waste that with an offense that can't put points on the board. He also knows that he's got a young quarterback that needs to be developed and it appears as if Pat Shermer is good at that, right? It's going to be successful at that. And like you said, Pat Shermer seemed to like uh, Drew Locke and want to work with him. So this is the best of both worlds there. I I don't have a problem with this move. If it doesn't work out, if it ends up being a bad move, well, 
then that's on Vic Fangio and John Elway for making the move, and they'll have to deal with it uh, when it when it turns out that it was a bad move. If it was a good move, then what are you worried about? I, I just think it's sort of people getting up in arms about about this move because they they're afraid of change, and that was something that that you had mentioned being afraid of change. That's really what this is. It's people who don't like change because they're afraid of change, and so you keep a guy around in Rich Scangarello just because. Well, I don't want to change. Well, this is probably a good change. And when you look at the the seasons that he's had as an offensive coordinator, and the Broncos sent out a release, and it it, it touches on his career accomplishments, you look at what he's been able to do. Daniel Jones threw for more than 3,000 yards to go along with 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Eli Manning had one of his most efficient seasons as a quarterback, completing a career-best 66% of his passes while throwing for 21 touchdowns and just 11 interceptions. The fact that that was able to happen and Pat Shermer may have been responsible for that, keeping Eli Manning to just 11 interceptions, he should get a medal for that. (laughs) Medal. I agree. And then you, but I, I think the season that really stands out, and I think it should be the one that Broncos fans look at, is the 2017 season with the Minnesota Vikings. Shermer was named the assistant coach of the year by the Associated Press in 2017 after the Vikings won 13 games in advance to the NFC Championship. He was the offensive coordinator for the Minneapolis Miracle. That 2017 Vikings squad had breakout seasons for Case Keenum. 3,547 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I think, as we touched on, we can thank Pat Shermer for John Elway throwing money at Case Keenum. Wide receiver Adam Thielen was a first-team All-Pro with 91 catches, 1,276 yards, four touchdowns, and tight end Kyle Rudolph, who is a pro bowler with 57 receptions, 532 yards, and eight touchdowns. But then... If you want to dive a little bit deeper, he was also Donovan McNabb's position coach for seven seasons. So when we talk about when we talk about development of a young quarterback, Donovan McNabb was considered one of the better quarterbacks of that time span. He led the Eagles to the Super Bowl in two thousand four. He was a perennial. Was it four straight NFC Championship games? Four straight NFC Championship games. He was a perennial Pro Bowler. During that span, as you said, the Eagles made seven uh, postseason appearances, captured five division titles, appeared in two NFC Championship games, and advanced to the to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. And then Donovan McNabb, over that period, ranked fifth in the NFL in passing from 2002 to 2008. And in 2004, that Super Bowl year, McNabb became the first player in NFL history to throw for more than 30 touchdowns with fewer than 10 interceptions. So there is, as they say, a history to go and look at if you want to. And whether or not you want to take those numbers as black and white or you want to dive into them even more and say – the reason that the Giants had so many 20-plus 20, 20 yard attempts and plays over the last two years is because of Saquon Barkley, okay? But there's a history. He's he's had success the places that he's coached at before, and he's been able to get the most out of his players. 
that's why Vic Fangio did this. Right. You know, it's interesting. You're, you bring up a whole lot of there's, there's statistics there. There's uh, the history. Pat Shermer has been around for a long time. And I, I think it's very possible that you can do a deep dive and come up with your own conclusion. And it can be the conclusion that you want to fit your own narrative. So really what you're going to find, and this is something that I, I'm going to sort of caution everybody against, what you're going to find uh, from from pretty much every outlet is someone who's going to say that this was a good hire, someone who's going to say this was a bad hire. And at the end of the day, what you really need to, end of the day, fun cliche, what you really need to to recognize is that we won't know if this was a good move or a bad move until the 2020 season starts. And, and that's really all you can do is wait for the 2020 season. You want to make predictions, that's fine. You want to tell stories to fit your narrative, that's great. But we will not know anything about this until the offense is implemented, the, the development of Drew Locke begins and, and the season starts and they start either putting points up on the board and winning games or not putting points up on the board as they have been for the last several seasons and losing games. So it, it's an it's a it's a fun thing to talk about. Obviously, people are gonna have their arguments, but but the truth is and the the bottom line is we will really know nothing until things actually happen on a football field. And I think what my where I'm coming from on all of this is you can like a move and have no idea whether or not it's going to work out. You can like the fact that Vic Fangio made the switch, got rid of Rich Scangarello, knew he had to make the change. He wanted to have a philosophical change. He wanted to have an approach change, and he made it. He wanted to get a guy who was more in tune with what he wanted to do, and you can like the player that they or the coach that they brought in and also not have any idea whether or not it's going to be successful or not. And that's where I'm at. I like the move. I like the fact that Vic Fangio was decisive, wanted to get his guy, but I have no idea if it's going to work or not. Exactly. All right. So let's do this. Uh, I have an idea. Why don't we uh, do a break right now. We'll step away for just a, just a minute so people can listen to a fun ad. And when we come back, I want to talk about the championship game between LSU and Clemson. But I don't want to talk about the game as, as far as what happens. I want to talk about players that popped. We've got free agency and the draft and all things coming up. I think it would be fun uh, to take a minute and, and just talk about some of those players that, that you and I watched in the championship game and talk about whether or not we think they'd be a good fit in Denver or if Denver should go after them. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
So before Adam starts examining whether or not there's players from either LSU or Clemson who could potentially fit for the Broncos, my whole takeaway from the whole national championship game is, is it over yet? Because it felt like the draft was going to happen before that game ended. I, I just. <laughs> yeah. That was it, a long is there game. that a national championship game? Is there a reason that a game takes over four hours? I mean, that game it kicked off at 620, which is the typical for Sunday night and Monday night football in the NFL. And typically, those games are over by about mountain time 930. They weren't even in the fourth quarter come ninth. When I went to bed, the game wasn't even in the fourth quarter yet. That is ridiculous. And there are people who are complaining about the length of NFL games. That's insane. That's uh, all right. <laughs> My rant is over. <laughs> Here endeth the rant. Okay. Well, what I, I mean, really, what I wanted to do was just talk about some of the players that we saw. And before we started recording, I thought it was it was kind of interesting to me that in watching that game, the LSU Clemson game, LSU ended up winning pretty handily by the end of the game. It was pretty close at the start. Uh, but but then they kind of took off that second quarter. They scored 21 points and, and never really looked back. Um, it, but what fascinated me about the game was the the players that popped on the screen, the players that stood out to me as I was watching that game were mostly Clemson players. And uh, they maybe it was because they were names that I recognized, and that's certainly something that I will uh, admit to. But they were also just, I mean, it was... Guys like Travis Etienne really stood out. Uh, he's a he's an incredible running back. T. Higgins as a as a wide receiver is a guy who, uh, if, if you're the Denver Broncos, why isn't T. Higgins on your on your list of players that you're you're looking at? And I think I saw somebody tweet that T. Higgins was essentially just Cortland Sutton. Oh no, it would be terrible to have two Cortland Suttons on the Denver Broncos. Why would we do that? But I, I mean, that that to me would be a guy who. I would be okay with them looking at, but really for me, the the player that stood out the most that popped, and I, I'm not the only person that is talking about this guy. I'm not the I am I am not the one with like the the prescient mind that was like ooh, and then there's this guy. Everybody saw it, but the reason everybody saw it was because of how good he was. It was on the defensive side of the ball, and it was Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons to me was uh, he was everywhere. He was the best player on the field. He was the best defensive player on the field. And his team got smoked. But he was far and away, in my opinion, the best defensive player on the field. Six tackles, one assist, one sack, uh, which is all well and good, but also just in on every play. He was the the name that you heard all night for a reason. And uh, they were good reasons. And to me... If I'm the Denver Broncos, then I'm picking 15th, and he's st- if he's still sitting there, uh, do you remember the show Simon and Simon from the 80s? So those younger listeners are gonna be like, "What the heck is that?" Uh, Simon and Simon, remember that show? Of course. Why not Simmons and Simmons? I mean, Isaiah Simmons would be an incredible addition to that, and Isaiah Simmons and Justin Simmons in the same defense that that gives me the chills. And that made me think of those who have listened to the podcast long enough. Aside from Trevor Lawrence, there's only one other player that Adam has had a similar affinity for, mm. and that was Roquan Smith. Yes, Roquan. So it made me it made me think: Is Isaiah Simmons on the same level as Roquan Smith? Because keep in mind, 
the current head coach of the Denver Broncos was also the defensive coordinator in Chicago when the Bears drafted Roquan Smith. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the same affinity. I think my I remember watching a lot of Roquan Smith. I, I saw probably four, five, maybe even six games. I'm trying to think back. It was you know that was that was a long time ago. That was that was three different lifetimes ago at this point, especially in football years. But I remember watching him and his sideline to sideline speed was incredible. Roquan Smith in college was was I think undeniably the best linebacker that anybody had seen in a long time. And uh, I I would have been ecstatic if the Denver Broncos had drafted him and figured out a way to get him on the team. I don't know because I didn't watch as much Clemson football this year. I know that's a surprise to a lot of people who understand how I feel about Trevor Lawrence and my affinity for him and what Me. I think he could be in the NFL, right? Yeah. But I, I will tell you that um, my – just from what I saw in the national championship game, my feeling on Isaiah Simmons is I'd be happy to have him. And and part of the reason for that, and let me sort of explain this a little bit. I like guys that come from winning teams. I think guys that go into games like a national championship and show out and uh, stand out in ways like Isaiah Simmons did, to me, that's the type of guy you want to bring in because they're going to be the type of player that is, isn't, um, that isn't sort of blinded by the light, right? Isn't somebody who gets into the spotlight and shrinks or melts. They, they feel comfortable in that situation. And Isaiah Simmons looked like a guy who would, could be successful in the NFL without any problems and, and not just successful, but could also really be uh, a standout player on a Denver Broncos defense that could use a player like that, quite frankly. And it, what I think about from all of this is they're not afraid of the moment. They they've been there. They've done it. They've, they've played for, this is where you can actually use the word programs because it is, I, that, that's something else that drives me nuts is when people call NFL franchises programs, but they're not afraid of the moment. And I, I, I think that highlights some of the players that people have thrown around and it's because of Benjamin Albright saying that if the Broncos will more than likely use the 15th pick for a receiver. So there's a couple of options there. I think when you think uh, when the, with the comparison of T Higgins to Cortland Sutton, that's they need a speed guy. So that's where you see the names like CD lamb from Oklahoma, Henry Ruggs, from Alabama, I think it's more likely that Ruggs is there at 15 than C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Either way, you're getting the Tyreek the Tyreek Hill speed and quickness without the woman and child beating, which is a, a bonus, right? That's a plus in, in my opinion. That's, yeah, I, I I can understand why why you would go that direction, and and I definitely get it. Uh, you know the other receiver that that obviously stood out was an LSU receiver and that's Jamar Chase and I I wanted to mention him as well Uh, I believe as a sophomore he is not eligible for the draft but that is not you have to be a junior exactly so but that is a guy who uh, I think a lot of people are going to want to just sort of pay attention to over the course of the next 
season. I mean, in the championship game, he had nine catches for 221 yards and two touchdowns. That's an average of 24.6 yards a catch. I, I that That's another one of those guys that in a big moment with the spotlight on him, he, he was able to perform. And maybe having Joe Burrow as your quarterback makes it a little easier, right? <laughs> when you're, when you're, when your quarterback is a guy who is, uh, who won the Heisman and is going to be the first pick in the NFL draft for a reason that makes you look pretty good. But Jamar Chase is an incredible talent as well. And uh, when when you're talking about receivers, he's he's the guy that stood out the most on on LSU's team. Obviously, there was just that that game was filled with players who are going to be good in the NFL at, at some point. There's a, I think the only other player in terms of defense that really stood out to me and his name escapes me right now is the freshman cornerback from LSU. Uh, Stingley. He, he, what he, the way he played, to think that he, he has to play two more years like he's ready right now, that's yeah. someone to keep an eye on over the next two seasons as well to see how he progresses as a football player and as a defensive back because the way he flashed – in the national championship game. Yeah, Derek Stingley played incredibly well. The other defensive player from LSU that played well that would, would be just fine in Denver uh, is Patrick Queen. And, and Patrick Queen, another he had six tackles. Um, he's he's another young one, though. He's not – I don't believe he's coming out. Uh, I think he's also a sophomore. So he's not in this year's draft. Um, although I'm, I'm just kind of pulling some things up. He's not sure on the NFL draft decision, according to some of the news reports here. So maybe he is eligible. Um, let me, let me just make sure here. I'll just, I mean, we're not doing anything. This is his junior year. He's just a young junior. Um, you know, to me, that's another one where you, you look at a guy and you go, this is, this is someone who can have an impact right away. He's a linebacker. Uh, he's 227 pounds speed linebacker that, that could make a difference. And I'm not sure, uh, I'm not sure, you know, we'll look more into the draft as far as uh, what the Broncos' needs are and what they might do. And then you also have to examine what other teams are doing and who's going to be available. But, uh, you know, there are certainly some names from this game, and it was a fun game to watch. Even though it turned into a bit of a blowout, it certainly was a fun game to watch uh, if you were able to stay up until uh, January 14th, 2021 to watch it because that's how long the game took. You guys didn't even know we were all already in 2021. That's how long it was. But, it, it, you know, you're, here we are in the in the off-season mode, right? And we're starting to look at these players and, and think about, oh, what, what would they look like in a Denver Broncos defense or a Denver Broncos offense? How could they impact the team? What could they do for the Broncos next season? And, and it, it is going to start to get kind of fun. And then you get the potential free agents the Broncos could go after. And you mentioned Simmons and Simmons. I'm going to throw one out, and it would be my dream, Jones and Jones, Chris Jones and Byron Jones. Chris Jones, the defensive tackle with the Chiefs, Byron Jones, the cornerback with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I I think that would be a a nice addition. And as I recall, the last time the Broncos added a, a defensive lineman from the Chiefs, it was Neil Smith, and they went and won a Super Bowl. Am I right about that? You would be right. So let's let's. At do least that. we didn't go with the most recent Chiefs edition because wouldn't that be Dale Carter? I think it would, but I, I I don't count that because it was so awful that I just pretend it didn't happen. I like that's that's that Broncos history you want to avoid right there. That's you don't want to even think about that. But Neil Smith now Neil Smith was an impact player 
that certainly made a difference and was an incredible player for the Broncos. I don't remember if he was any good for the Chiefs, but I know he was awesome for the Broncos. The reason I bring up Chris Jones is because I don't know if the Chiefs are going to have the money or the cap space to be able to pay him because he's going to be on Aaron Donald level. And if you're the Broncos, you absolutely pay it because he's a game changer. You get someone like Chris Jones on the interior of that defensive line with Von Miller and and Bradley Chubb on the edges, I I think they're going to bring Derek Wolf back. So you get Derek Wolf back, and he had a career season in terms of sacks before he got hurt. You're starting to see a front seven now, and then if you add someone, say, like Isaiah Simmons in the draft, if one of the receivers that they target isn't there, you're seeing a front seven now that can take over games. Yeah, And then you have someone like Byron Jones who's coming in and could replace Chris Harris Jr. if he's not back, can pair him with Bryce Callahan, hopefully healthy and able to go in 2020. And then Devontae Bosby coming back before he got hurt. He was playing incredibly well. You have Simmons, you have Kareem Jackson. So you're starting to see the pieces defensively now if you're able to get someone like a Chris Jones If they're not able to and the Chiefs are able to keep him, there's Eric Armstead with the 49ers who Vic Fangio coached. There's also a potential name to keep an eye on, and you mentioned this since you're in the Chicagoland area, is Akeem Hicks, who could be a cap casualty with the Bears because they're in cap hell. So they're going to have to find ways to, to keep their players but also get to the salary cap. So Hicks is a name to potentially keep an eye on too in terms of defensive players for free agency. And, and then you also have to think about the guards and, and the, the offensive lineman tackle guard. Uh, there's, there's certainly some names out there. I think Brandon Scherf is one that people are, uh, are looking at as a potential target for the Broncos. Uh, that would be a, a nice move. I, I know that uh, when you talk to, to fans, the big concern is always how bad this offensive line has been and for how long it's been so bad and how important it's going to be to make this offensive line better. And obviously, you know, you think about Garrett Bowles and how bad he's been. I think for as much as we were hopeful that it was going to be the end of the Garrett Bowles era in Denver, they're going to bring him back in some capacity. And if, if that's the case, if he's going to be back, then you're going to need to shore up the offensive line and have a contingency plan. And so that will likely be their focus in free agency or the draft as well. So, I mean, there's a lot – I think the, the 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 true statement here, the most true statement we can make is the Denver Broncos have a lot of holes that need to be filled, and they're going to have to really work to do that. But they have the cap space, and they have a, a, a draft pick in the first round, and they, have, they actually have a lot of picks that they can use in the draft. They have a lot of draft capital – that, that they can use to start sort of shoring up the offense and the defense and, and make some moves that are going to make this team better. I, I think I'll contest they have a lot of holes. I think what this season showed is they have depth. Now they need to get the star quality. They need to get the big-name players. So if you're able to get a guy like Chris Jones, then that pushes down some of the other guys who were already getting – reps that they maybe shouldn't have but now you're now you're getting depth because you have that star quality now i think this team is a lot closer to competing for a playoff spot 
than some may think. And I think they were even competing for a playoff spot this year, as we've talked about numerous times. If a couple of things go different, they are a playoff team. But the reason all of this is possible is because they have their quarterback. They can now go after anyone they want in free agency because they have the quarterback position, but they also have close to $80 million in cap space. That is a lot of money. And I'm going to throw out a name because – those at Mile High Report who read it know that this is Scotty Payne time. This is when he dominates between January and the opening of the season because then he turns into the dude and just like does his own thing. But this is Scotty time. I mean, he's thrown out a potential target and it makes sense now. And I think this was before the hiring of Pat Shermer. What about Odell Beckham Jr.? Because there was talk that Odell Beckham Jr. wanted to come to Denver because of his connection to Von Miller. Now you bring in Pat Shermer, who was his offensive coordinator in New York when he had a great season. You have a quarterback. You have Von Miller. They have the cap space. You're not bringing in the Antonio Brown woe is whatever the hell is going on with Antonio Brown. Talk about that guy. But I, that could be a potential if the Browns want to go in a different direction since they have a new head coach and they're going to have a new general manager and Jimmy Haslam is completely cleaning house. Although what's really weird is the guy who's basically running the whole organization, De, 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 I can't even say his name. DiPietro? DePasta De, De or some. I can't. I, I don't. I can't remember what his name is. But he's not even in Cleveland. He's in La Jolla, California. Well, which is I think that, that says it all about. That says, anyway, I think keep an eye, keep an eye on Odell Beckham Jr. If there's any potential for that to happen, because they're targeting, they want a receiver. You have Odell Beckham and Portland Sutton together. I don't think that would be too bad. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.